For a lot of people, they have been told sex is bad, therefore you are bad if you enjoy sex. What do you tell people they need to tell themselves? One is looking at it and saying, my body was designed to experience pleasure. The only purpose of the clitoris is for pleasure. 10,000 nerve endings, it does nothing else on our bodies except allow us to experience an orgasm. So be thrilled with who you are and how you were made and that you have this organ that all it does is give you great feelings. For some of us, the topic of sex, specifically pleasure and female pleasure in particular, is a really uncomfortable subject. I don't know what generation you're from, but for many of us, we grew up thinking that like sex is something you don't talk about and especially female pleasure, like having an orgasm and a woman pleasuring herself. Like these are things you do not talk about. There are plenty of women out there and men who could really deepen their relationship with their significant other if these conversations weren't so taboo. I mean, think about the shame and stigma and the guilt associated with doing something that is completely natural. Your body was meant to do these things. So today I have invited back to the show, Alyssa DiLorenzo. She and her husband, Tony, are the hosts of One Extraordinary Marriage, which happens to be one of the top rated relationship podcasts on Apple Podcasts. They're also the authors of the best-selling book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. But more importantly, I think, is that they have been married almost 30 years and they've helped hundreds of couples navigate some of the most complicated parts of staying in a relationship. And one of those things is having conversations about your sexual relationship. So whether it's painful for you or Maybe your partner doesn't like it as much as you do. Maybe you're uncomfortable with your body. Maybe you just have so much stigma and shame associated with it because of your childhood or your your religious affiliation. No matter the reason, today I'm going to have this conversation with Alyssa and you're going to find that it is much easier to talk about these things and how important it is to do so. Hey, just a quick reminder about the format change to the show. I'm trying to up-level the podcast. In order to do that, I had to pull you guys and find out, like, what do you like? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? And you shared with me your thoughts, your requests. I listened. And so now here's what we're doing. On Wednesdays, in the middle of the week, you get just a super fun episode that's me talking about what's going on in pop culture, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the diet industry, my take on things, my personal beliefs. It's a personal episode, right? It's also what's going on in our own lives. I know you guys love that episode. You're used to getting it on Fridays. Now you're going to get it on Wednesday. So you've got that to look forward to. Then we're trying kind of a twist on Fridays. You're still going to get a little bit of that personal stuff in the beginning of the show, commentary, etc. But then I'm going to bring on someone who's willing to go there. Someone who's entertaining, who's got an opinion, even if it's not a popular one, someone who's going to go there and we can just like have a dialogue back and forth. I want to know what you think about that format. We did one last week on Friday. Hopefully you caught last Wednesday's episode because that one is by far one of the more popular episodes I've done in a really long time. Interesting. You guys, I guess, found that very, very funny and I'm here for it. Based on your feedback, I'm just really trying to up-level the show. I'm trying to create shows the kind of shows that the second you're done listening to it, or maybe even in the middle of it, you're like, oh my God, I have to send this to so-and-so. I'm trying to create shareable shows, the kind of shows that you want to text it to somebody you know and say, you have to subscribe to this show. That's my goal. All right. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, Alyssa DiLorenzo. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for returning to the show. This is an important topic, and it's one that for whatever reason... A lot of us 
and I don't mean to speak on behalf of everyone, but it certainly seems that there are certain generations that are way more uncomfortable talking about female pleasure. 100%. And, you know, it is a pleasure to be back. I love our conversations and talking about female pleasure. It is, it's kind of one of those like taboo topics. We just kind of stick it in the corner and say, eh, I don't feel so comfortable talking about this. I posed this question to my Instagram and my social medias and I asked them like, why do you think it's something that just feels very taboo or it makes you embarrassed to talk about? And I got one response where I thought, okay, this person said, why do we have to talk about it? Because I think we need to shed light on all aspects of who we are. I think it's important that we talk about pleasure. I think things that don't get talked about can easily be ignored they can be you know, glossed over and being in this place that I like, I think it's important that women are able to talk about their pleasure in a way that feels safe to them with their spouses in a way that actually allows both of them to grow and develop in the relationship. Yeah. I think it's important that we say this before we go too far. The degree to which someone is comfortable speaking about it, it's completely up to you. We're not suggesting that everybody now needs to be able to talk openly about it on social media. But we want to, in this conversation, kind of empower those wherever you are to feel maybe a little more comfortable. And it is important for your, not just your mental health, your sexual health, but your physical health. Like we know you're going to live longer if you're having more orgasms. It's completely natural. And what we don't know, our brains have a tendency to make things way worse than what they are. You're right. And, you know, getting into this place where it becomes like you said, more part of the conversation. It doesn't have to be, I mean, Tony and I have been hosts of the One Extraordinary Marriage show for 13 years. So we've been talking about sex, love, commitment for a long time. Not everybody is as comfortable talking about it as we are. Mm -hmm. And yet when you develop the ability to say, where am I comfortable? How can we have a conversation around this? Then everybody isn't living kind of up in their own thoughts in their own head, guessing what works for their partner, but rather knowing. And I think there's degrees of this, right? Like I I would say probably five years ago, I was maybe more than that. Let's say like eight years ago, I was far more reticent to talk about certain things on my show because they kind of embarrassed me. I didn't know if it was normal. I didn't want to make anyone else uncomfortable. And because I have talked about it more, it's almost like exposure therapy. Like I'm much more comfortable with it. And my kids are much more comfortable talking about it. And again, there's differing degrees of this. But what is the whole point of pleasure in the first place? The whole anatomy of it, I think, is just a major miracle that there are places on our bodies that we can be touched that give us pleasure and actually enjoy being who we are as human beings, right? Otherwise, we might as well be robots. If there was no pleasure, I think it's just you're kind of going around like a robot. Yeah. Why do you think it is we've made it something that's almost like it's bad or it's taboo or it's dirty or it's something that we shouldn't talk about like procreation and even sex education feels like it's so based in fear, right? Like I remember sex ed, there's all this fear around it. You don't want to have sex because you could get pregnant. There was no discussion about pleasure. And I think that's really where so much of this conversation comes from. It's this idea that there was this fear wrapped around people getting pregnant. So let's put all of this messaging out there. And and whether that was coming from parents, whether it was coming from faith-based organizations, church, whatever it might be saying, Hey, we don't want all of these pregnancies. So we're just going to scare you and tell you that sex is bad. Pleasure is bad. Don't do all these kinds of things. And then you're going to grow up, become an adult, get married, and you're supposed to flip some kind of switch and actually enjoy sex and have orgasms. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never had a conversation with anyone about their first sexual experience who's a woman and heard her say, like, oh, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe beautiful is a word that you'll hear sometimes, but like, I don't hear too many people say that it was pleasurable. It was painful. And so if that's your first experience of it, not only do men not understand how the clitoris works, that our vulva is in our vagina, like most women don't even understand the anatomy of the vulva and the vagina. And that's because it's for most of us, there was maybe your freshman year in high school, your sophomore year in high school, it's this tiny little picture on like three pages in your health book. And everybody's swarming in their seats, you're just kind of like, can we skip through those pages? (laughs) And again, you grow up, you become an adult, and you're in this place, you're like, I don't even know what's going on down there. There's a really great book, and I'm looking at it right now. It's called The Vagina Bible by Dr. Jen Gunter. Oh, yeah. And this is actually a book that I give brides to be. As if I'm invited to a bridal shower, you're going to get the Vagina Bible and you're going to get the penis book, which was written by a urologist, and you're going to get lube. And here's why because I want newlyweds to have this understanding of how the anatomy works, where the pleasure is, right? You, you mentioned the clitoris. I just read an updated study last, I think it was last week or the week before, you know, there'd been a lot of research done saying that there were about 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris. Well, new research is showing that's about 10,000. Mm-hmm. Now, so you got an extra, you know, 20% there, 25%. And if you know that, then you know why paying attention to the clitoris is so important. That's crazy to me that there's new research on the female body. It's something that's so integral and so important, so much a part of who we are. Do you mm-hmm. find that because of especially religious beliefs and mm-hmm. things we were told by our, our mothers. I mean, let's talk to the ladies right now. And even I remember in high school, like the absolute worst thing you could be called is a slut. You know, the girl, mm-hmm. like if you wanted to destroy a girl's reputation, that's the rumor people yep. would spread is that she was sleeping around. And like, that was the absolute worst thing anyone could do. Do you think that these things are changing and, and how now as an adult woman who maybe had some of those brainwash these beliefs around sexuality. Is it possible to really freely let go of those things and change your beliefs? Well, I will raise my hand. Say I was raised in Catholic church. I, you know, had all of the, I mean, the big joke being raised Catholic was that you knew how many times a couple had had, like your friend's parents had sex because it was like, well, they only have sex to procreate. So how many kids? Wow. Yeah. Right. Right. And there was, I mean, I remember there was one family in my graduating class and they had eight kids and we were all like, <laughs> That's a lot of kids. But I will tell you, I'm kind of that reformed Catholic schoolgirl that went from having all of these really just limiting mindsets around sex. Like, we're only going to have sex to make babies, and this isn't for me to enjoy. And this is all about him enjoying himself to a place where, like, I tell people all the time, Tony and I are about to be married. Gosh, are we going on 27 years this year? Yeah, 27. And we're having the best sex of our lives. Like, I have been able to transition into a place where I fully embrace pleasure. I embrace my femininity. I, we understand it as a couple. Mm-hmm. If you had told my 22 year old self getting married, that that's what my sex life was going to be. I'd been like, no, this is just kind of, we just kind of do it. And I think there's a lot of people listening right now who are like, yeah, I'd love to do that, but how? Well, some of it is, it starts with giving yourself permission to experience pleasure. Like even some of my coaching clients, I, I actually will tell them, you know, you have permission mm-hmm. to experience pleasure in sexual intimacy. 
you don't need my permission, but I tell people that because sometimes it's just nice to hear, oh, I can actually do this, especially if there's been a lot of messaging growing up that says, this is dirty, this is bad, all these kinds of things. And we can think, well, I'm not allowed to do this. I think that makes sense, right? Like, I get it. Like, we can say you're allowed to experience pleasure. That's like saying to someone who, like you said, grew up Catholic and has these beliefs and belief systems that have just been ingrained Mm -hmm. into who they are and they're part of their values to say that and then to believe it are two different things, right? Because I think for a lot of people, they have been told like sex is bad. Therefore you are bad. If you enjoy sex, what do you tell people they need to tell themselves? One is looking at it and saying my body was designed to experience pleasure. It was designed for that. I mean, you know, the only purpose of the clitoris is for pleasure. We just talked about it. 10,000 nerve endings. It does nothing else on our bodies except allow us to you know, experience an orgasm. Yeah. So be thrilled with who you are and how you were made and that you have this organ that all it does is give you great feelings. But it's also stepping into a place of acknowledging that the human body, especially the female body is amazing, but you have to know your body. Mm. You were mentioning earlier, Shalina, as we were talking, you know, a lot of women don't know the difference between the vulva and the vagina. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know your own anatomy, it's going to be hard to be able to even talk about it or touch or any of those types of things and to get comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. It's not dirty, your private parts, it's your anatomy. And as women, I think we need to own the fact that we're pretty spectacular. Hey, let's talk about minimalism. Are you laughing right now? Shaleen talking about minimalism. I try. Frankly, I'm being forced to rethink the way I buy things and I live and especially my clothes because with all of this travel, I've got to figure out ways to pack and to travel more efficiently. And and that means like buying, in my opinion, a mix of really quality items and then some pieces that are super affordable. Let's face it, like I wouldn't feel guilty if I donated it before I left whatever city we're in at the moment. But here's my advice when it comes to buying quality pieces. You want to buy a style that's timeless. Otherwise, if it's going to go out of style really quick, you've kind of wasted your money. So for me, I was looking for a company that specifically makes that style of clothing like stylish, but not trendy. And that's why I want to recommend to you Jenny Kane. I'm going to spell it for you. J-E-N-N-I. K-A-Y-N-E, JennyKane.com. And when you use code Shaleen15, you're going to get 15% off. Jenny Kane is known for their lightweight, super durable, easy to wear cashmere. So I have like an oatmeal colored cashmere hoodie. It's timeless. It'll never go out of style. And it just, it kind of elevates even a casual outfit. Anyways, I would love for you to try out Jenny Kane. You can get one of their, what I call forever pieces by going to JennyKane.com. And again, use code Shalene15 because that gives you 15% off when you check out. That's the promo code. They've got lightweight cashmere and warm cashmere, like whatever the season, they have a go-to piece that's going to work for you. Again, check it out at JennyKane.com and use code Shalene15 for 15% off. Be thrilled with who you are and how you were made and that you have this organ that all it does is give you great feelings. But it's also stepping into a place of acknowledging that the human body, especially the female body is amazing, but you have to know your body. Mm. You were mentioning earlier, Shalina, as we were talking, you know, a lot of women don't know the difference between the vulva and the vagina. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know your own anatomy, it's going to be hard to be able to even talk about it or touch or any of those types of things and to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. It's not dirty, your private parts. 
it's your anatomy. And as women, I think we need to own the fact that we're pretty spectacular. You mentioned that you've been married for almost three decades and that when you first got married, how you felt around sex was very different than you do today. So how does someone who is maybe newly married or has been married for a long time and they're like, I don't even know how to have any of these conversations with my partner and we've been together for forever and where do I start? Mm. Some of them might actually start just sharing this episode Mm. with their partners. I'm so glad you said that. And I'm not saying that just because I'm trying to get a bunch more listeners, but I have done this myself with my husband. Like I will just send him little episodes Mm -hmm. about sex or about female anatomy just because it makes it a little easier to explain it without me giggling or him saying like, why are you talking about this? He'll listen to a podcast if I send it to him. And I think, you know, we've seen this with our podcast as well over the years when there's another tool to break the ice to say, hey, I haven't been able to tell you this myself, but I really like the way Shaleen asked this question and, and hearing the answers and that type of thing. And can you listen and then we'll talk about it? The ice has already been broken. Yeah. To be able to have that conversation. And maybe your husband doesn't want to listen to it because that's that I, I can hear women right now going, well, that's great if he'll listen to a podcast just like Shaleen's husband. But if my husband won't do that, then yeah. we're, I'm stuck. Yeah. And what I would say from there is, what's a nugget or two that you take away from this episode that you can just start the conversation with that? Oh, I was listening to Shalene's show. And there was this really interesting conversation about sex and about pleasure. And I'd love to just, can I, I just want to talk about it. Mm. Because again, you're using the show as a jumping off point. So you don't have to feel like, oh gosh, what do I say? How do I bring this up? It's just, hey, I was listening to this podcast the other day. Interesting topic. And you can ease into it. I love that. We're talking about heterosexual couples right now, but when I asked this question in my audience, I got a few responses specifically from lesbians in my audience who said, we don't talk about this either. Like, even though I'm a female with a female, we don't talk about like the nuances of what I like and what she likes. And Mm -hmm. I don't talk about this with my friends. And again, a lot of that has to do with generational. I I think Mm -hmm. that the Gen Zs are a little more comfortable with this. Am I right? I would think so to some extent, but it's interesting because we even now get so many emails, Instagram, direct messages, whatnot, where people are still talking about, and it's still not that comfortable. You would even think with Z having so much more exposure, I think, to just conversations around Mm -hmm. sex, seeing it in media, but still it hasn't been normalized, Shalene. Yeah, it's true. What are some of the most damaging messages that we are very susceptible to, and they are impacting, or maybe they're blocking our ability to have pleasure. I think, you know, very much that sex is dirty or sex is bad. And coupled with that, if people have the belief or have been told, you know, it's really about him. It's really for the guy. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure my orgasms are just for me. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. And so getting away from this fact, and I tell this to parents all the time, we don't want to tell our kids that sex is bad. We want to give them a framework for when and how and having maturity to enter into sexual intimacy. But if we start, you know, I mean, think about yourself, right? Like, and this is what I tell them. If you grew up hearing the message that sex was bad and you had a hard time flipping that switch and going, oh, I really enjoy this. Let's not keep duplicating that message. Oh, absolutely. Like why introduce that challenge into a marriage if you don't have to? What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on teaching children about pleasure before teaching them, I mean, that their bodies are meant to have pleasure 
for themselves or touching and exploring those kinds of things. And, and I know this is a super touchy subject, <laughs> no pun intended, but I was gonna say, pun intended. <laughs> any thoughts around that? Well, obviously there's going to be a wide spectrum of beliefs on this and full disclosure. I have a son and a daughter who are teenagers in the twenties. And, and so we've been, you know, the whole gamut of this. I remember the kids, especially my son, you know, little boys get erections just naturally. And even being able to tell them because you, you didn't want them touching themselves all the time in public and things like that, even being able to say, like, we have to teach our kids, we have a responsibility as parents to teach our kids what their body is doing and why and to give them a framework. So I think you can use age appropriate language that just says, yeah, sometimes when you touch yourself, it does feel good. Like, that's the truth. Right. And maybe that's a good time to introduce the idea that of consent and that no one else gets to touch you there. And maybe that's when we have those conversations about strangers and family and safety in those regards. It's interesting you just said that because I have a son and a daughter too, and now I'm going to really embarrass them. But when little boys are, there's a stage where all little boys go through where they just cannot keep their hands out of their pants. And they're just <laughs> like rolling it. It's like a piece of Play-Doh or something. I just remember constantly saying, Brock, listen, you can't, you know what I mean? But little right. girls don't do that to the same extent. Not to the same extent. And I think it's also, you know, little boys will just sit out and do it wherever. I think <laughs> little girls are probably more like off playing quietly and may find themselves in that place. I mean, I think that's just differences in behavior. It's yeah. not like it's more secretive or anything like that. I think it's just where they find themselves. And yeah, I mean, I don't know a little boy, you know, <laughs> any boy mom who have gotten through that stage where you're like, yeah, that never happened to my kid. I'm like, yeah. are you sure? Personally, this, you know, and I don't know what the experts say, and I'm not an expert. I'm just saying as an adult, as a parent, I didn't have that conversation with my kids. And I kind of wish I had because I know mm -hmm. so many adults who now mm -hmm. struggle with the fact that they had a, a horrible childhood experience at the mm -hmm. hands of some predator. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of guilt associated with the fact that they felt pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. And even though it was a trauma and it was scary, et cetera, but the body mm -hmm. is meant to be aroused when it's touched in that way. And I think we could probably do a lot of good in teaching our children at least to alleviate that shame and to help them understand how their bodies work. And so it's less confusing. I don't know. But I know that for a lot of women in particular, I don't know the guys are this way. I'm sure that they are. But for a lot of us, we feel more aroused when we are in an attract, like we feel attractive. So, so many of the people in my audience said that like, I just am not into pleasure because I am so in my head, I can't reach an orgasm because all I can think about is how unattractive my body is right now or how I've gained so much weight or, or sometimes their partner has. Yeah. And what I say to that is go after the things that you can control. I, I literally was just having this conversation with a coaching client yesterday and she was talking about her body and where she feels about it. And I said, I said, let's get started. Let's create a plan in baby steps. I said, I don't want mm -hmm. you running a marathon tomorrow. That would be crazy. Like, let's not go there. Can you work out twice this week? Can you start to do the things that will make you feel better about yourself, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's exercise? Because when you start to take action as a woman mm -hmm. and you develop this sense of empowerment, the sense of confidence, again, you're not going to change your body overnight. But when we start saying, oh, I can do something, I can choose what I put in my mouth. I can choose how many minutes I exercise today. I can step into this place where I'm going to do this for me. And I, what I would say to the women too is start with doing it for yourself. Like 
this isn't about you looking more attractive for him or doing something for him. Own it. Mm-hmm. I think confidence, like, you know, what you said, once you start feeling more confident and we think that men are analyzing our bodies more than they actually are. I had this lovely opportunity recently to have dinner with a big group of gals. And one of them, we got on the subject and one of them was sharing with us that she's been divorced, I think, for a couple of years and without giving too many details away, basically just like really enjoying her sexual identity and like having such a great time connecting with men and having sex. And she's like, I'm heavier than I've ever been in my life. And I have never felt so attractive and had so many men hit on me. And just, I don't know what it is, except that I'm so comfortable and I don't care right now that that's really what these men are very, very attracted to. They're not worried about our do I have dimples on the side of my thighs? They don't care if I have whatever hair where they don't like hair. All of the things that we are so worried that things have to look and perfect in order for our partner to be, for them to be satisfied. Well, and this brings up a really good point. And because I, I work with husbands, wives, and couples, it's one of those things where it would be a gift if we could see ourselves the way our spouse sees us more often than not, because our husbands, our husbands are like, if you desire me, I am good. Like, tell me that you want me. Tell me that you're willing. Let's do this thing. That's why they don't care if our hair, it hasn't been done in three days or if we don't have makeup on or like for them, it's about the desire. Show me that you want me. Yeah. And I'm good with who you are. I feel like this needs to be a public service announcement. Do you know that nearly 50% of people in the United States are having inadequate levels of magnesium, completely deficient. And it's not just because of our dietary choices. Like you can be eating a very healthy diet that you think has everything you need to produce enough magnesium. But for some people, it's genetic. For some of us, it is the way that we eat and the way that we live and and how we exercise. But again, almost 50% of people are deficient in magnesium. And if you are a woman, especially important that you get a quality magnesium supplement because If you don't, I mean, when you're deficient in magnesium, it's associated with osteoporosis, mood swings, nerve malfunctioning, hormone dysregulation. There's so many things that having the right level of magnesium in your body actually helps to alleviate a lot of these symptoms, including a lot of the symptoms of menopause, even hot flashes and night sweats. I know a lot of you have been talking about getting your hormones tested, which I think is a great idea, but why not also consider doing a supplement that you're likely deficient in any ways? It's going to improve all of these areas, plus it can probably help you sleep. And you don't even have to research the best company out there because I already did that for you. What I take is Magnesium Breakthrough. You can get it at magnesiumbreakthrough.com. And when you go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash Shaleen offer, you're going to get 10% off. I mean, why not? Use code Shaleen Offer. Don't forget the word offer. And for a limited time, if you buy three bottles, they're actually going to give you an extra gift worth purchase. That's just for lifers. So don't wait. Go check it out. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash Shaleen Offer for a high quality magnesium supplement that includes seven of the essential strains of magnesium that your body needs to function at its highest. All right, back to the show. It would be a gift if we could see ourselves the way our spouse sees us more often than not, because our husbands, our husbands are like, if you desire me, I am good. Like, tell me that you want me. Tell me that you're willing. Let's do this thing. 
That's why they don't care if our hair it hasn't been done in three days or if we don't have makeup on or like for them, it's about the desire. Show me that you want me. Yeah. And I'm good with who you are. So for someone who is ready to take that extra step, get more comfortable with these conversations, what is a good way to, other than sharing a podcast, to share, for example, what it is you do like, even before you're having sex, or maybe it's just even having that conversation with your partner, like before we get right to it, what would make this so much better? What might help me have an orgasm is if you did fill in the blank. How do you recommend, because I know a lot of women, I'm saying that right now, and they're like, oh my gosh, I would never have this conversation. So first of all, don't have that conversation in your bedroom. Ah, good Um, points. Because the timing and the location matters. I would even say, don't do it right before you're going to have sex. Like if it's a day or two before, say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about what would bring me pleasure or what I'd like to try or what makes me feel good. And I just wanted to tell you, we're not in the bedroom. We're not having sex right now. Like I just, I want you to know you're my partner. I Mm -hmm. want you to know what works for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what I will tell husbands is she's not telling you this to correct you or criticize you. She's telling you this because if you both know what works, guess what? She's going to get to orgasm faster and you're going to feel like the hero because you helped her get there. So don't take it as a criticism. I often joke. I'm like, you know what? two centimeters in any one direction can make a big difference. I'd rather correct Tony than just be frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I like to offer two suggestions. Number one is to let your partner know when things went really well and just say like, I found it so hot. Like it is my favorite thing when fill in the blank, if it's even happened once. Right. And then I think a, a second way to do this is when you're having that conversation again, not in the moment, but if it's something that hasn't happened, maybe tell them it's a fantasy. Mm. That sounds mm-hmm. like it, it's very mild. Like I'm getting very turned on thinking about the idea of, instead of saying like, I yeah. need you to do fill in the blank. Absolutely. If you tell your partner something is a fantasy, something that you want to try because it gets you excited. Trust me, that's all they care about. They just want you to be excited. Well, and it's that language, yeah. right? Our words are really powerful. And at the end of the day, I would say most men, because I know there's an exception to every rule, but most men want their women, their wives to be satisfied in the bedroom. They want them to experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if they're not hitting the mark in terms of the pleasure department, it behooves us to tell them. Yeah. So that like, so we don't begin to this like fake it and I'm not really there, but I'm checking out and I'm doing the to-do list and all this kind of, because if you know that you're going to have an orgasm, it's much easier to stay fully present because you know what you're getting. (laughs) I don't want to overgeneralize, but yeah, I guess all of us, our egos, we're so sensitive when it comes to this topic, right? Like I, I can imagine too, if you just put yourself in their shoes, like if someone was telling you like, Hey, I need you to do this. It's all about delivery, timing, Mm -hmm. being creative. You know, your partner better than anyone, you know, what is going to be touchy, you know, what's going to upset Mm -hmm. them, you know, what's going to make them feel less confident in bed, and you don't want to do those things. So you want to do things that make your partner feel better, feel more empowered, feel like they're doing all the right things and encourage that positivity. Are there any other, is there like a book or aside from podcasts, because obviously we're preaching to the choir, we have a lot of podcast listeners, but is, is there a particular book that you would suggest people start with? So there are two books. One is called She Comes First. Oh, yes. That's a great one. And Tony read that book before I did. And I will tell you, it was a game changer for our marriage. But it's this idea that she gets pleasured first. And 
as a man becomes empowered to be in that position, one, it takes it away from the sexual intimacy being all about him, because as the title says, she comes first. And so it really creates this dynamic where pleasure is the goal for both. Yeah. However, the two of you define pleasure. Another book, Come As You Are. Oh, another um, great one. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two that when couples are talking about pleasure, very specifically, those are my two go-tos. That's awesome. Uh, Come As You Are, I remember I bought it on Audible so I could just play it in the car and Brett could listen to little pieces of it. So for a lot of, especially women, I think in particular, men too, those early childhood experiences, and sometimes Mm -hmm. they're an experience of sexual abuse, can be carried forward into our Mm -hmm. adult relationships and make it really, really hard for a lot of people to get out of their head. Maybe their partner doesn't even know that this has happened to them and how triggering sometimes certain situations can be. What recommendations do you have for someone who is in that position? I would encourage, and we say this all the time, both to coaching clients and to our audience, if that's been your life story, please get help. Mm. Go through the healing process. Get with a, a qualified therapist to walk you through that. I had a number of client coaching clients over the year who have had sexual trauma of some sort, you know, whether it was child abuse, child sexual abuse, or even rape and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that can have lingering effects. You can feel like you've dealt with it and it comes up all these years later and you're like, what is going on with me? And there can just be these unresolved hurts, things that you haven't healed from that you didn't even know certain situations were a trigger. But stepping into that place of saying, I want to be the healthiest version of myself. It's a gift to you first. And then a gift to your partner second. And it really changes the entire dynamic when it comes to sexual intimacy. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about that emotional pain, what about those women who experience physical pain? Nobody looks forward to pain, right? No. Like, forget about pleasure. Like, maybe I can experience pleasure, but like, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to get in a situation where sex is next because it's painful. And it's really important to explore the reasons why whether a woman is dealing with vaginismus or if her body doesn't respond. And so she's not naturally lubricating. Like a lot of women experience that during menopause where lubes can be helpful. There are devices that can help stretch a woman so that she it's more comfortable for her. It's a gradual stretching. Don't anybody think like, oh my gosh, what did she just say? <laughs> but getting into this place, even exploring what other opportunities are there for the two of you when it comes to your sexual intimacy. If intercourse itself is painful, I mean, this whole episode is around pleasure. What other touches bring you pleasure? How can the two of you have the conversations around that to say, yes, this right now, this action doesn't make me feel good. This brings me pain. But when you touch me like this, I can actually go into a place where I experience pleasure. And and it's this incredible way to deepen the emotional intimacy in the relationship and, and figure out what the two of you can do instead of being so locked into what you can't do. Yeah. That's great. Then you kind of get out of your head. I'll link to a past episode I did with Dr. Kelly Casperson, where we thoroughly addressed all the different reasons why a woman might be experiencing pain and who you should go and see. And there are lots of alternatives. I just think, again, the reason why so many women suffer in silence is the same reason so many men have erectile dysfunction and aren't going to talk to their doctors about because they're embarrassed. They don't realize it is normal, you know, especially as we age, it's normal to experience these things. Hormones change our sexual function. And so I think it's important that, again, these conversations are something that are more natural with couples because there are going to be times where things don't work as they once did. 
eventually at age 40, like everyone starts pulling out their readers. It's silly to place any shame or guilt or have any embarrassment when any other normal, natural function changes. Yes. Kudos to you for hearing what your audience is experiencing and then doing an episode like this to give your tribe the opportunity to hear a conversation about this, to understand that if they're experiencing any challenge in this area, hey, guess what? There are other women too, because you're talking about questions that people have asked and you're talking about comments that you got even in advance of this episode. But to give them the opportunity to hear a conversation, that's a gift. Yeah. Because it does really normalize all of this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's important. You know, there's a lot of gals out there and fellas out there. We just need to get more comfortable with these conversations. And again, I'm not saying like y'all have to go do your own podcast about your sexual escapades, but to get comfortable with the people who you love and the people who are a part of your sexual life is a gift you give yourself and to them. You will grow closer. You will. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you work with so many couples, you and Tony have I mean, I get messages all the time. In fact, that's why I have you back on the show today because I had a bunch of couples who are like, she and Tony have completely changed our marriage. They speak so highly of you. So I know you have this experience. Have you ever heard of a couple who began really talking more in depth about their sexual pleasure and their relationship in that regard and it had a detrimental effect? I honestly can't think of one. Mm. I'm not ruling it out. I will say it is uncomfortable for a lot of couples when they first start because it's new and it's different. We're not actually taught how to talk about sex. I actually think it's why a lot of people are attracted to our podcast because it's a couple talking about it and we talk about it all. But being in this place of saying, I'm going to step out. We're not going to cover everything in one conversation. Mm. And being okay with being uncomfortable, being okay with having to muster up some courage to say, yeah, this is what I like, or this is what I would fantasize about, or, you know, this turns me on. And to start to create in your marriage, this opportunity to say, we want to grow together. We want this to be an area of our marriage that is like fireworks. Yeah. Maybe not all the time, but lots and lots of fireworks. Okay. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but I thought we would end with the bang. No pun intended. I like that. Let's do it. (laughs) So I'm going to put you on the spot. So here we go. Your top recommendation for lube and favorite vibrator. So top recommendation for lube is Uber Lube. We call it the Cadillac. It's our favorite. (laughs) And I like the Dame vibrators. They've got like a whole collection. Okay. So that's a manufacturer. D-A-M-E? D-A-M-E. Awesome. Well, thank you as always for being so informative and open. And the work that you do is fantastic. I love that the two of you have been married for forever. That's what I, how long I say I've been married and that you're helping couples who are newlyweds and couples who've been married for 40 years because there's always, don't you think if both couples want to improve the relationship, there's an opportunity for that? 100%. Sky is literally the limit when two people are working together to make it their relationship extraordinary. A little bit harder when it's just one, huh? Not impossible, Uh just harder. Yeah. Well, I bet you're up for the task. Always. So there's someone listening who's like, well, that's me. I would love to improve my relationship. I just... I need help and guidance, yeah. and I'd love it from a couple. How can our audience get in touch with you and Tony? Best place is to go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com, and that's one O-N-E. Everything that we do is there. I love it. You do virtual, you do in-person events, podcasts, all of it. All of it. Well, thank you again. It's just awesome having you. I appreciate having these conversations, and I look forward to our next conversation. Awesome, Shaleen. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. 
And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash the Shalene Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shalene.com. Hold up. 